Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our sports talk and real estate show with buddies from around the country talking sports, a little bit of real estate tied in at the end. So if you're listening for that part, stay tuned. Otherwise, if you're here to listen to some sports, let's talk about it. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my buddies Bill Risser, St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meiniger in Cumming, Georgia, and joining us in a few minutes, Shea Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. Bill, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Not much. Just uh, as we record this, I'm I'm kind of staring at a monitor. If I'm a little distracted, watching uh, Rafael Nadal receive his uh, trophy for his 19th major, his fifth U.S. Open. So, yeah, kind of cool, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, and then uh, it's been a great weekend here. Played golf today, Sean. Um, Eleven pars, uh, six bogeys and a double for 28 points, a plus one, and uh, a 25 dollar payday. Hey, all so right. I, I won't spend that all in one place. Good, um, good. Yeah, and uh, and uh, that's it for here. And hotter than hell, really yeah. hot. Yeah, no rain for a week, which has been a really cool, but really hot. Oh, and I'm gonna jump off a little bit, let you guys talk while I talk to Shay on the phone and help okay. him out. Sounds good. Okay. Todd, what's going on with you, buddy? Hey, Sean. Um, good weekend. Uh, a lot of sports. Um, Bill mentioned hot. Um, 96, 93, 93, 95, 93. The next five days here in Atlanta. So we're. Uh, I'm anxiously awaiting. Uh, fall, fall to come. Um, even though it's been a pretty mild summer, um, kind of a cool day today. Uh, I think you knew this, but uh, dad, dad turned eighty three today, yep. which is awesome. And uh, his Buffalo Bills, who looked horrible for what three quarters, found three a way to quarters, yeah. found a way to come back and be the Jets. So I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, no, overall great weekend, good sports. Um, actually, looking forward to uh, hitting the work week uh, next week. But we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Awesome. What about you? What's going on? Uh, good weekend here. Weather, weather's been great. We're in the kind of mid-60s right now, um, but we have that warm weather coming as well, so that must be pushing across the, the central part of the country because we're uh, expecting 90s here this week. I'll be up in in, in middle and upstate Michigan uh, this week traveling to uh, Kalamazoo, Holland, you, Mount Pleasant. We'll talk about it at the end, but temperatures are there. The are you near the upper peninsula? I won't be up in the UP, but uh, temperatures are supposed to be pretty hot up there too uh, and, and some summer, late summer rains, so... We'll be getting it down there. But I, I too, uh, had a little golf this weekend. Uh, and as you know, Todd, we got to, got a chance to watch my son play uh, mm-hmm. in a big tournament. He, he earned his way up on, onto the varsity A team. Um, he plays for Upper Arlington High School, which is a uh, the Golden Bears, a uh, place where a fellow Golden Bear went. Jack Nicholas went to school here. So pretty pretty good golf tradition, Todd, as you know. And uh, it was good to see my son get out there in a match. Uh, and, of course, I used to work at Brookside Country Club. Uh, did my college internship there. Beautiful private club on the north side of Columbus. And Ryan, playing with the big boys, uh, shot 76, led his team. Had the low round, right? Low round low round for his team. Not not for the tournament. There was a couple guys. Uh, one guy put up a 69. Uh, but really proud of him. He was four over par uh, with four birdies. So was was golfing his golf ball, as they say. Rolling the rock. Yes. That's so, awesome. That's pretty, awesome. Pretty cool. So uh, as we're waiting for Bill to jump back on, he's trying to get Shea uh, – Tuned in. We're we're on a new system tonight. We're on. It's called Squadcast. Doesn't mean much to our listeners, but it's a new way to hopefully make our sound sound better. Uh, while shall we're we uh, shall we talk Gators while we're waiting? Yeah, let's let's talk about the. We're going to go out of order a little bit, but let's let's talk Gators uh, because that's we the can, game we're, we're going to get to when we talk college football. But we can uh, swing back around when they join yeah, us. Yeah, Florida. Our, our Florida Gators beat Tennessee Martin. The Skyhawks is their hmm. name. And uh, what did you think of the game? I did not see the beginning uh, because I was uh, still at the golf course. Um, but 
when I tuned in, it was three nothing. So kind of a lackluster first quarter, right? And then kind of Felipe and the team kind of turned it on. Uh, Felipe had an outstanding game. Yeah, we uh, limped out of the gate, as you say, which um, which is fine. You you probably missed um, <laughs> the quote unquote best part of the game to miss. Uh, we didn't look, uh, we didn't come out firing, but uh, was really impressed. Um, Felipe had the best statistical game of any quarterback in the history at UF. Uh, I believe that's correct. Um, he was what, 25 or 27. Um, and if you, if you remember one of those was a halftime Hill Mary pass that fell incomplete. So mm-hmm. really, really one legit incompletion all day. Um, he seemed to run the office. Well, seemed to be in control. Uh, Mullins got him doing all the, the right check downs and, uh, just overall, I thought for a Tennessee Martin type of, of game couldn't have gone better. Um, other than the slow start, um, would love to, Score more than 45, but realistically, um, coaches aren't going to show too much with the big SEC game coming up uh, next week. Um, so we probably were more vanilla than maybe we wanted to be, but I think it worked well. Yeah, you know, it's a tough window for the Gators to be on because obviously it wasn't a close game. So it, it, it just didn't hold your attention when you had Tennessee BYU going on on one channel. Then you mm-hmm. had that great Texas UC or Texas LSU, LSU game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Super exciting going on. Um, so I was really flipping back and forth with a lot of those, as were probably a lot of people around the country if they weren't sitting in a sports bar watching them all at the same time. But, you know, f- from what it looked like, Felipe looked very poised. Uh, obviously, our offensive line, uh, wasn't challenged really uh, gave him a lot of time uh, he he got through a couple of his progressions i i thought he ran when he should have ran uh mm-hmm. the only the only questionable run was the called delayed quarterback draw on the fourth down which was very eerily in the same exact position almost of the field where tebow was stopped by old miss back in the day oh wow uh, yeah back in the 07 if you think about it like on that 37 yard line 40ish yard line sure um, yeah and and almost a similar play and he just it just um, did not look good, but look, we got Trask in the game. We got mm-hmm. Emory Jones in the game. Emory Jones scored his first quarterback. Uh, Jacob Copeland, uh, the, the touted, uh, receiver freshman got in, caught a, caught a touchdown pass. Um, I, I thought overall they looked good. Yeah. Another thing, um, and we can talk defense. Um, it looked like before we talk defense, um, our, our kicker, I, I, I wish I remembered his name. Um, he's legit. Um, McPherson. His, yeah, sophomore, never missed an extra point, knock on wood. And I think he's like something like 30 for 32 in career the only The only field goal he's missed, I believe, was the Kentucky one. Yeah, yeah. Which so, was a questionable miss. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think I mentioned it last, last week, punting is technique, uh, kicking is confidence. So if, if we got a good confident kicker um, who's, who's split the uprights, um, the way we play, you know, listen, we're, we're not Alabama, Georgia – um, we're not an elite team yet. Uh, we're going to be scrapping for every victory. So um, it, it may come down to the, the right boot of, of, of our kicker. So um, tackling looked better this week too. I think it had to be right. It had to look better or else we'd be in, in big trouble. So, yeah. yeah. but overall a complete good game. And um, next week is um, Kentucky, right? 7 PM. 7 PM in Kroger field. Uh Right now, Kentucky won last year, so they're looking to actually start a streak and win their second in a row. Uh, Florida's looking to stop their one-game winning streak, as it were, and uh, start a new one. Remember, they won 31 years in a row. It's Uh, called a fluke, right? Yeah, there's there's many people on this earth right now that 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 was their first Kentucky win over Florida. So we'll see. Uh, Kentucky got some bad news. Uh, Their quarterback uh, injured himself, and he's out for the season. Ooh, yeah. that's, that'll be a, a tough road to hoe for a uh, a, a new 
a new quarterback in a new position against a very, very aggressive defense. Uh, I think Florida's defense is strong, although you saw C.J. Henderson went out early in the Gator game, came back. He's, uh, his is a minor injury. I think Cadonius Ter- um, Terry – no, no, what's his name? Um, Tony. Tony, yeah, Cadonius Terry. Tony, I can't – I'm tongue-tied tonight. <laughs> Cadarius oh, Tony. That's what I'm trying to say. You got it. Right. He, he's out He's out for longer, right? He's maybe a month out. Um, I think his injury yeah. is a little more serious. So hopefully Henderson heals up mm-hmm. and gets back in. Yeah, so we'll see. So while Bill's still uh, trying to get Shay on online, let's talk about um, three but, kicks, three kickers that that uh, were impacted this week, uh, really impacted a lot. Uh, let's start in Tallahassee. The, let's first of all talk on the record. It's Kadarius Tony. Am, am I correct? Yes, okay. you're saying it. I feel so much better about myself. Good. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> Bill, can, Bill, Bill can edit that later. Uh, <laughs> there you go. The Louisiana Monroe kicker in yes. overtime Oof. in Tallahassee. Misses an extra point to lose the overtime game to a Florida State team, which was once again uh, thrashed by a a lesser team. They've given up now, I believe, thirty eight points to Boise State and forty seven points to uh, to Louisiana Monroe. They, the guy misses the field goal. No extra point or, or yeah, extra point. Sorry. What's to, your what's uh, your what's your initial thought about that without? Without thinking twice, what's your what pops in your head about that? What you just talked about? Wide right at Florida State. Why, I, I, why aren't they going for two? Yeah, I, I I don't think you go for two there. I mean, I what, you're. I mean, easy to okay. say that now. Easy you're, to say that now. And I yeah. thought that when they scored, I thought that mm. when they scored, I'm like, just go for two and try and get the win. But you know, the extra point, you know, that they were because then they could have scored first on the next possession. And I don't know. It's easy to say that now, but how, how many point favored or underdog are you? 25, 26 point underdog uh, yeah. on, the, on the road. And you had just run it down their throat. It was kind of, it, it reminded me um, when Bobby Bowden chose to go for one to tie Florida yeah. way back yeah. all those years ago, we weren't stopping him. if He was going for two. So yeah. he gave us a little break, but that was my first thought is just go for two. Either you lose by point or you, you get out of there. But anyway, so two more kicks I want to talk about. One that I didn't see except watching it through my phone from the golf tournament. Um, I feel bad for the Army kicker who, in his very first field goal attempt, tried a 50-yarder to what would have won the game against the very uh, favored Michigan Wolverines. Army played an incredible game. The kid misses the field goal. Uh, as I as I as I was described, it was uh, long enough. It was just wide right. Uh, Army forced into overtime against Michigan and loses um, to Michigan in, in the second overtime there. Um, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure it would have cleared the crossbar. It may have, it may have doinked on the crossbar, but may have okay. gone over, but he, it, it was so the, the, the kid true freshman never has a kicked in college at all. That was his first attempt. He, in a scrimmage, he kicked a 45 yarder in a scrimmage. So, um, and he just missed it. I mean, it was just, it just faded right may not have been high enough. Um, so do I feel bad for him? Yeah, but that was it, – it, yeah. it's more of a missed opportunity. It was pushing his range, been, right? You could have been the hero. He could have been the hero, so that's why I feel bad. But it isn't a, a shameful miss by any means. So I get it. And then uh, one other big kick um, by a, a veteran older guy, but the Colorado kicker uh, kicks up – kicking overtime, and then they hold Nebraska. Nebraska oh. pretty much gave that game away. They were up 17 points. Uh, late in the game, not late in the game, but going into halftime, and then they scored again and could not stop 
the Buffs from uh, running it up. They scored. I need to look it up, but I they scored maybe thirty points in the fourth quarter. Those two teams combined. Um, I mean, it was a snooze. It was seventeen seven. I want to say going into the to the fourth quarter. Um, and again, I'd love to look it up, but Scotty Frost. Um, I mean, numbers don't lie. I think he's one in six in games decided by five points or less. Um, wow. So that's. I mean, who knows, right? But. Uh, that, 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 that's got to be telling for something. Let me, um, let me do a little math here. Yeah, they scored 38 points in the fourth quarter, those guys. Jeez. Those two teams combined. It was crazy. So, And the over-under was 64. So you can imagine what the, <laughs> the <laughs> over-under were very excited. So. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, hey, we got a few more games to, uh, to talk about, uh, but let's get Shay on the line. All right, Shay, back with us. So glad to connect with you, buddy. What's going on out in the Pacific Northwest? Hey, guys, man. I am in the desert again for the week one of the NFL season. So, uh, yeah, today's been a little brutal starting off. A lot of, lot of, lot of action. A lot of action. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to the, we'll get to all the, all the pro action a little bit. Uh, Shay, you jumped, jumped in a little bit after we, uh, we, we kind of started the college football talk. We, Todd and I covered our Florida Gators. Um, and we, we talked about three near misses in games at, in Tallahassee, in Ann Arbor, and in Folsom Field. Not a miss, but a good make uh, with Colorado's kicker. We talked about kick, kicks that, that just missed or, or made. Um, but, Todd, let, let's cover one more loss before we r- quickly run through the top ten uh, action. Let's talk about the loss in Knoxville, Tennessee, that dropped Tennessee to 0-2. Uh, they lose Oof. a double overtime game to BYU on the Bush push part two. Um, they, they scored there on a, on a let it go. Todd. Let it go. <laughs> what did I do? Go ahead. <laughs> what, what, you, Todd, just, did you, uh, you just had that look at that 18 year old Todd did, Meininger. Did you, did you flip over? Did you flip over the game and, and watch the end there? And in, in, first of all, the you know how ESPN does the percent chance to win? Yeah. Yes. It was ninety-nine point six percent with thirty seconds to go in the game. Ninety-nine point six. And then on third and eighteen, the BYU quarterback just kind of scrambles out. They're just trying to get down and possibly kick a sixty-five yard field goal. And the Tennessee secondary completely breaks down coverage and lets the guy get deep. Um, mm. the, the BYU quarterback sophomore throws it to him. The guy runs down to about the 15 with five seconds to go. They kick the field goal uh, to force it to overtime. Just an unbelievable colossal failure by Tennessee. They now start the season 0-2, first time in over 30 years. 1988 was the last time. Oh, and by the way, the, I think I believe the teams they lost to that year were USC and like Auburn or something like that. So two like amazingly good teams. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, I mean – it's got to start at the top. I mean, isn't Jeremy Pruitt uh, a defensive um, guru, right? Uh, D-, D-, D coordinator for Alabama uh, under under Saban to have that defensive breakdown. I mean, unless those guys are ridiculously young and inexperienced, I don't know, you know, who we're dealing with back there in the secondary. But that that was a a ninety nine point six percent win chance, and you lose. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So yeah, there's. There are rivals, Tennessee and Florida State, but there's trouble in Tallahassee and Knoxville right now for sure. Um, yeah. And, and you so, know, as we, as we say this, I'm, I'm very aware. I'm very aware that in two weeks when, when Tennessee yeah. comes to town, 
Uh, they're a hungry team with nothing to lose. Um, They'll fix it in two weeks, I have a feeling, and, and yeah. give, give Florida all they want. But what, right, that was a that was a bad loss. Yeah, no question about it. Shay, what was your uh, what was your there, there there was I know there was a bad beat there at the uh, the game. Let's 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 go to the top of the charts. Clemson, uh, Clemson, an eighteen and a half point favorites. I believe it went off seventeen and a half at game time. Um, they're they're winning twenty four to three. With five six, seconds to go on the clock, <laughs> six seconds I think. Yeah. Six seconds on the clock, and Shay, I don't know. That's that's one that obviously, if you're in Vegas, that one. There's some tickets thrown. Uh, there's some there's some pissed off people at the end of that game, and there's some happy people at the end of that game, right? There was a lot of happy people. It was a lot of Texas A&M support here in Vegas. Mm. Um, you look at a, an SEC team, a, a upper tier SEC team. And if you remember, recall last year, Texas A&M played Clemson down to the wire mm-hmm. in, uh, in College Station. So it's, it was a lot of uh, Texas A&M support, and Clemson pretty much dominated the entire game. But Texas A&M was able to slide in the back door. A little backdoor Joe action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Lawrence looked, looked good in, in the game. Uh, he, he, he played well. Um, wait, 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 Sean. You can't just say he looked good. Trevor Lawrence? I don't think people give him enough credit for the throws that he made and the windows where he was able to fit balls into was absolutely amazing. Like, regardless of the numbers that these other quarterbacks are putting up in the country, he's the most accurate quarterback in the entire country. Do you think? And he's just a sophomore. He has to come yeah, back. Do you, another year. do you think if he came back, came out this year, he'd go ahead of Tua just because of his size and? Oh no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if Tua would be the number one pick in the draft this year. Mm. We'll see how it goes this year. Right. Is there a quarterback, Shay, in the last 10 to 15 years that has come out that you see as that prototypical, uh, you know, I mean, you go back to Peyton Manning when he was recruited and he was kind of that surefire and obviously what served 20 some years in the NFL, you know, who's out there right now that is, is playing at the level that, that you see Trevor Lawrence at. I hate, to, I hate to bring his name up, but um, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is what everyone wanted Andrew Luck to be. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck was extremely cerebral, but I feel like he lacked certain tools as a quarterback coming out of Stanford, where Trevor Lawrence has all the tools. We don't know how smart he is because Clemson is just so much better than everybody else. Right. They're going to be double-digit favorites in every game they play this year. Tell, yeah. tell, me, tell me if I'm wrong. Is he, he reminds me of Matthew Stafford a little bit with the, with the arm and the size. Um, I don't know. It just kind of resembles him a little bit to me. It's a great comparison. Yeah. There's a great article in the ESPN magazine. I'm sure you can find it online about Trevor Lawrence. Well worth reading. The kid's like just as humble and as uh, down to earth and all about football as you can imagine. So if you can find that one, it's worth uh, worth your time. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two in the rankings, Alabama does what they need to do against New Mexico State. Uh, they didn't cover, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> was it 52 to three? Is that what they, they – Sixty-two ten, and it was fifty-five and a half. Okay, and they were up sixty-two nothing, I believe. But I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Todd, that sounds personal. <laughs> <laughs> not as not as personal as uh, as probably a lot of people feel about uh, Washington right now. Uh, mm. Losing the cow. Not, not, that that game had like a two and a half hour delay of some sort, right? They did. So we, I thought they were. I thought they were going to call the game. They they kicked off and like halfway through the first quarter, it was a lightning storm in Seattle, which is something we don't see in the Northwest often. But uh, yeah, about two and a half, almost three hours delay 
And, you know, everyone's gone to bed. Next thing I know, the game started back up. So, and it was a late start. It was a 7.30 Pacific start on that game. So they didn't start back up to after 10 o'clock. Jeez. And, and sure. uh, did, did Cal win it on a field goal at the end? Or, or what happened in that game? Um, what happened? The Huskies have no heart. Okay, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Oh, we're not cutting that out. We're leaving it in. (laughs) So I I don't know how 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 well our listeners follow Pac-12 football, but I'll tell you in the Northwest, you know, the Huskies and the Ducks are pretty much everything in the Northwest. And traditionally the Huskies have struggled with Cal. Even last year, the Huskies uh struggled with Cal. Well, the last three years, all the games have fell within the touchdown. So they play each other extremely tight every single year. And I tell you, UW just couldn't play. They couldn't stop the run. Cal was able to do whatever they wanted to do. And Cal's defense, I tell you, is probably the best in the pack. Mm -hmm. Highly underrated defense. Wow. Interesting. Keep your eye on that. Um, Georgia wins big. LSU, let's talk that. They're now up to number four in the country. They jump over Ohio State and OU. Um, Obviously – the late the recency effect, but that was a that was a heck of a win. Joe Burrow throws for 471 yards. Um, Joe Burrow looked really good um, in that new offense. A lot of people are hyping that offense. You know, the the offense coordinator is a guy that came from the Saints. Um, they looked good, and every time Todd, you kept uh, the text from Todd was just wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every time Texas would score, LSU had an answer. Um, Game day, the, the fans there in Austin, long time since game day's been there, but the fans showed up in the 100-and-some-degree heat. Um, it was it was loud, and the stadium looked good. But, boy, LSU's um, – LSU's, look, they got some big games, obviously, just in the West alone with Texas A&M, with Auburn, with Alabama, and then, obviously, they play Florida um, in Baton Rouge. But anyone's, any of you guys watch that game, what, what was your thoughts? Can we talk about the game day beforehand with the, the near decapitation of Lee Corso by Matthew McConaughey? Did you see that? He took off when he took off the hat. That he almost took the old guy's head off. It was awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was, it was great. Um, no, I, I didn't get a chance to watch. I just want to talk about the game day. Go ahead. I uh, you hit it on the head. I mean, um, LSU scary, scary good. Um, you know, Coach Joe. We can make fun of how he sounds and he's a Muppet and, you know, Cajun and all that stuff. But I mean, he's, he's, uh, what is his third, third year as head, head ball coach at LSU. So he's doing something right. And Joe Burrows is appearing to be something special, at least collegiately. Um, I don't know if he has the tools to take the NFL, but he's a darn good college quarterback. Um, so yeah, just a good game. Fun to watch. I was, I had that on my small TV. Um, but, uh, what I saw of it was pretty good. Shay, what'd you think of that game? The, these schools don't like each other. These kids yeah. don't like each other. And the implications of this game will be felt three to five years down the line. Coach O coming into LSU, he's able to take back over the state of Louisiana, and they're able to recruit well in Louisiana. But let's be honest, Louisiana and Texas are neighbors, and LSU gets a lot of their kids from Georgia, from Alabama, and from Texas. Well, with Tom Herman coming into to Texas, he's able to take back over the state of Texas. And so those kids are staying at home. Well, with LSU being able to go into DKR and win that game there, you're going to start to see some of those Texas kids open back up to maybe going back to, to LSU and visiting other schools in the area. And that's going to be interesting down the stretch. I mean, SEC is king as far as football is concerned. 
Um, and so given an opportunity to play at the SEC school, play at a play at a place like Death Valley and play for a coach like Coach O, I think that'll be that'll be huge down the line. Yeah. It, is it too early to question Tom Herman and his uh you know what is his third year, right? Um if I remember reading his record's not great uh, in these big games, right? Um uh, maybe I should look it up, but I thought I remember reading a, a graphic saying he's maybe, you know, these big games are not they're not winning. Um and, and it's still early, but that's why I asked, is it too early to to get on them or is this a work in progress in Texas will be fine? Okay. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Sean, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think he's, he's new, young in his career. I think Ellinger is a great quarterback. Um, he's remember Ellinger is just a sophomore, uh, young yeah. kid. Um, look that the, the test remains the, the red river shootout, you know, mm. if they, if they lose to, they lose to Texas or they, they lose to uh, Oklahoma. All of a sudden, you know, there's a two loss team. I don't see a whole lot else in the uh, big 12 on the, on their schedule that, that scares me. But what I see on their what I see in the backfield of Texas scares me as far as their defensive backfield. These guys came in last, last night claiming they were DBU, um, mm-hmm. you know, whichever it seems like every, there's six schools claiming to be DBU. <laughs> um, they, they were clearly, um, closed down for, for lack of institutional control at DBU uh, last night in Texas. So I, I think, you know, the, the big 12 team that can figure out a defense and Oklahoma right now looks like with Grinch at defense coordinator. So Todd, long, long answer to your question. I, I think Herman's okay. I, I think he brings swagger. I think he's kind of getting the, the burnt orange people back to the excitement of, of Austin, but that, that loss stung last night. Yeah, for sure. Jay, your thoughts? Uh, I, I want to take it a step further. I have an issue with these young coaches. Like everyone wants the the hot offensive coordinator, the young coach to come in and and put up all these points. Well, these guys are struggling. Like like you look at you look at Scott Frost up in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You look at what's going on at. Um, and with Willie Taggart at FSU, you talk about Tennessee, you talk about what's going on in Texas. Manny Diaz are, in Miami. In Miami. These guys are these guys are struggling where you look at someone like uh like a Mac Brown who's come back into North Carolina mm. or what, what Herm Edwards was able to do at Arizona State last year, is more to mm. it than just drawing up plays um in college football. You mm-hmm. you're impacting the lives of eighteen to twenty two year old year olds, and you have to run it essentially as a general manager of that school. It's not mm-hmm. just X's and O's. Yeah, good. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, another young c- coach who's who's got it somewhat figured out. Uh, number five, Oklahoma. They win big. Uh, Ohio State uh, shuts out Cincinnati. Uh, a lot of talk here locally that that game was going to be closer. Um, certainly didn't think it was going to be a blowout. Uh, a lot of Cincinnati fans came up, made the trip, you know, two hours up to Columbus. Um, Justin Fields looking strong. More importantly, the Buckeye defense looks really good. Chase Young, uh, look out for him to be Michigan defensive player or uh, uh, Big Ten defensive player of the year. Um, Notre Dame didn't play this week. Uh, quickly, Auburn, uh, after a big win against against Oregon, as probably a lot of people expected. Kind of snoozed it up against Tulane, um, twenty-four to ten. They don't cover. They look pretty lethargic. I see you shaking your head as an Auburn fan. Uh, I didn't watch any of it. All I all I heard was someone from Tulane decleated a Auburn player. Um, but 
I didn't see it. What was your thoughts on just the, sleep, <laughs> the sleepwalked effort of Auburn? I'm by no means a homer. I like to consider myself a realist when it comes to comes to sports. And Oregon gifted Auburn that game week one. And mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn didn't win more than four games the rest of the year. They're wow. not that great of a team. And two lanes on the rise. You talk about a coach that's been around for a while. Willie Fritz has been around a while. And he's paid his dues. And two lanes a solid team. And to be honest with you, two lane deserved to win that game in Auburn. I just want to say something for our listeners. Um, Shay just brought up Willie Fritz without Googling, <laughs> without looking it up in a magazine. Uh, the man There's knows. No, who, no phone in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> the man knows who's coaching uh, at Tulane. Um, so one more to, to wrap up the, the, the top ten, then we're going to uh, just talk quickly about next week. Um, Michigan. Michigan <laughs> falls after jumping up after a lackluster first game. They fall back to number ten after beating – Army in double overtime. Uh, any thoughts on that game, guys? Jim Harbaugh living up to the expectations. Uh, tough season ahead for him, or, or are they going to get this figured out? I, I watched that game. I think Army's just a tough team to play. I mean, they, they're, they're going to run a lot of clock. Um, they were solid defensively. Army, I was surprised how good defensively. You knew they'd grind the, the triple option, but um, – uh, they gave Michigan all they want. Um, I don't think enough credit's being given to Michigan that they won that game. I mean, it would have been a, a huge upset, um, but, you know, hey, they they won, right? So he's got talent, live, live learn, move on. I, I question um, their quarterback play and how far they can go. Shea Patterson? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm certainly no expert, but um, listening to some some conversation this week and also watching the game, not sure he always makes the best decisions, the best read. So if, if Harbaugh can fix that, <laughs> they may be something to, to handle. If not, I don't see them um, today being a, being a, a final four contender. Um, I think they'll trip up a long way. Um, certainly to Ohio state, maybe to another, another team. So what do you think, Shay? So that game, that game was interesting to me. It was uh, three things that really stand out to me. Um, what Army's doing right now, okay, this is the second year in a row Army's taking a, a Power 5 school to Oklahoma double overtime. Yeah, They went into Norman last year and took, uh, took Oklahoma into double overtime and just uh, came up a little short there, the same way they did with Michigan in the Big House uh, yesterday. Um, but the, the second thing that really stands out to me, Army is one of the teams, it's a service academy, sure. They run a triple option, sure. But you know what they do? They stay true to analytics and to numbers. They go for it on fourth down when they're on the positive side of the field. They take their chances. They don't kick long field goals. They, they're very strategic in what they do, and they're not an emotional team or make emotional decisions. They stick mm. to their chart, and they stick to the analytics there. And I think that has a lot to do with the success that they've had in the last two to three years. And I wouldn't be surprised if more teams went to that model. Um, second thing, to, or the third thing to really stand out to me is Michigan, right? We want to talk about Shea Patterson. And- Patterson and Michigan. Well, let's talk about the loss of Pep Hamilton, which is the offensive coordinator. It's also a longtime friend of Jim Harbaugh there at Michigan. They bring in a new offensive coordinator, and that's there's an adjustment period there. So I think Michigan will be okay, but the problem is they got the boys down the street in Ohio State, and uh, Ryan Day's not, <laughs> he's not going to slow down. He's not going to take his foot mm-hmm. off the gas, and you're going to have to score points to beat Ohio State. Yep. No doubt about it. 
No doubt about it. Already looking ahead to that game. Can I? I want to. I want to throw one 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 streak out there that ended this weekend. Um, it, it had been 97 years that San Diego State had played UCLA. Oh yes. And San Diego State was 0 21 and one in over that 97 year span. Not and anymore. This weekend, they finally beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl. In front of a whopping 36,000 fans wow. at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and you know what? Next week, there'll be um, 36,000 fans in crimson, in, in, in Oklahoma colors. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Um, so hats off to Rocky Long, head coach of the San Diego State yeah. Fighting Aztecs, and their, their big victory over the uh, Bruins of UCLA. Super cool. Two other teams I want to talk about quickly before we move to the NFL, guys. Uh, how about Maryland? Mike Loxley, Mike Loxley, who who came over from Alabama as their offense coordinator, got that team rolling. Uh, they destroyed uh, Syracuse. They had forty two or forty nine points in the first half, just yeah. absolutely dropping points on teams. Uh, that's a team to watch. And not that ever, anyone ever thinks, you know, no one, no one, I don't think in the in the near future will ever say the Big Ten championship goes through College Park, but um, <laughs> that is that is a team. Remember, they took Ohio State double overtime last year. Uh, and should have won the game on that two-point conversion that, that was just a bad pass. The guy you know, threw it behind his receiver. Um, but that was, that's a fun team to watch if, if you like points. And then shout-out to USC. Uh, people had them dead and buried. Uh, their quarterback goes down for the season, their starting quarterback, and they said, oh, Clay Helton, they won't win another game. They're going to have to play a freshman. And this – is it Caden – I forget what his name is, but he played great. Uh, they beat Stanford, uh, once again, who was also starting another backup quarterback. But big win. A 45-20, I believe, was, was the score. Handily, yeah. And it was 17-3. to um, and then, yeah. yeah, and USC dropped the hammer. So, um, not saying pencil in USC into the Pac-12 championship, but all of a sudden that game in two weeks, uh, Utah going to the Coliseum uh, looks a little different, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Sean, real quick, I know you want to shift gears, but uh, not that anyone is, but don't sleep on Georgia. They only, they only played Murray State yesterday, but they've got like four or five legit running backs. I mean, they are so deep at tailback. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, receivers are good. Um, they have a tight end um, that catches a lot of balls and defense looks stout. So it's early. They only played Murray State, but locally here, I paid a lot of attention to that game. They're, they're, I mean – the East is theirs to lose, um, and, and you know I, it, Notre Dame will be the big test in a couple of weeks to see where they're at. But don't don't sleep on Georgia, and I don't think anyone is at this point. But they, they look good. Notre Dame plays Michigan and Georgia in the next three weeks, right? Uh, I think they play yeah, Georgia yeah. in two weeks, right? I think, yeah. Yeah. So they they probably have a tune up next week, and then they play. Yeah. So that's uh, good to see Notre Dame have a couple couple big ones on the schedule, and we'll see if they can can get through them. But that's gonna be you're right. That'd be a good game, Todd. Uh, Georgia's, I think, interesting now. If you look, two, three, and four right now, LS or SEC schools. Um, we know that Bama and LSU have to play regular season, um, and Georgia does not play Alabama or LSU uh, in the regular season, uh, but could match up against one of those teams in the SEC championship if they get past, uh, you know, the teams in the East, which, like you said, they're expected to. Yeah, Notre Dame has New Mexico, then Georgia, Virginia, Bowling Green, USC, and Michigan in October. So they have USC and Michigan. Wow, so Michigan's playing them late in, late in October. That's interesting because usually it's a early season, so Michigan's going to break up their Big Ten schedule. Yep. Um, yep. Very, very October interesting. October 26th, yep. Okay. 
Okay. Um, boy, looking ahead to next week, Todd, before we went on the air, uh, there's just not a lot of good games next week. No, not a single matchup of ranked teams. Um, the one interesting game that we kind of spotlighted, uh, Stanford um, with their backup quarterback, but they go on the road to play UCF. So UCF's got one of those uh, put-up-or-shut-up type games, you know, playing against a, a Power 5 school, uh, traveling across the country. Um, they have, I believe, still the longest regular season winning streak. Um, you know, in the, in the country, mm-hmm. uh, 28 games, I believe. Is that right, Bill? Yeah. And two national championships. I mean, one national. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mythical. You, you gotta throw that in there too. So any other, any other college action shades, any teams out, out in Vegas that are kind of getting some action is, uh, uh, you know, is, um, is a lot of money going on Clemson or, um, will LSU's performance change any, any of the, the betters looks? Um, Next week is not a it's not a great slate like you like you mentioned. Um, I think the interesting thing is uh, Chip Kelly and UCLA, who are zero and two. They hmm. host Oklahoma on Saturday, and they're yeah. twenty two point dogs. Good luck. So. That's not enough. You take Oklahoma. Yeah, you're in Vegas, right? Why don't you place that bet for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's an interesting. Um, and in your backyard too, Sean. Uh, Indiana's two and zero, and they yeah. host Ohio State on Saturday. Yeah, talk about Ohio State putting up points, but Indiana can put up points too. That may be interesting. That'll be a, that'll be one of those. Um, you know. Uh, the students in Bloomington, we want the Buckeyes. I can already hear them chanting it. We want the Buckeyes. That's one of those. We, we want Bama. Let's see what yeah. let's see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, and but you're right. That's a good game. That's a game where Justin Justin Fields doesn't have the the, the home crowd behind him. Although there, trust me, there'll be plenty of scarlet and gray in that stadium over in Bloomington. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be one to watch for sure. All right, all right, guys. Let's uh let's let's quick take a quick detour from football. We'll, we'll wrap up with NFL. But I do want to. We usually try and open. Uh, with any championships that were won that day. Uh, we came on the air, and right at the very end of a pretty thrilling match, I'm going to put the spotlight on Mr. Risser. Mm. Um, let's talk about the big win by Rafael Nadal, his 19th win. You kind of teased it in your open. Um, and then I also want you to hit on yesterday's women's uh, finals, which surprisingly, surprisingly, did not go to Serena Williams. I think going into Saturday morning, I think a lot of people kind of thought it was kind of a foregone conclusion. He was, she was going to beat the 15th seed. I don't know anything about the 15th seed, but I'm going to let you kind of hit on on those two champions. Yeah, Bianca Andrescu, who was ranked 154th in the world at the beginning of this year, um, played very well and and actually you know won the Canadian Open. She's Canadian. Her parents are immigrants from Romania. Um, so she was born in Canada and uh, won the Canadian Open, which was a big deal, with, with, uh, with Serena withdrawing due to injury. So she had a little bit of a – she rolled an ankle – um, so for her to bow out after four games, you know, it gave, uh, Andrescu her first win, uh, first, you know, big win. And, uh, but man, I'm telling you, she, she reminds you of a very young Serena. I mean, she is, she's thick, she's strong, she's a bulldog. Uh, she, you know, she didn't feel, didn't look like she was intimidated having Serena Williams across the net from her, um, and really took it to her, you know, I mean, you knew she was confident when she won the toss and said, let Serena serve first and promptly broke her the very first game. So now <laughs> away we go. And she wins the first set, you know, handily at six, three. And then, you know, it was up five, one in the second Serena just like lost. And then Serena found another gear like she does so many times ends up 
bringing it back to five five, but then gets uh, broken again and ends up losing seven five, and the match is over. Um, I've I heard someone say on the on the broadcast that Serena, if she had to pick someone not to play in the final, it was Bianca. She knows, right? So this is somebody who's nineteen years old. Serena's thirty six. So you could imagine a seven eight nine year old. Bianca, who claimed that, that Serena's her idol, um, watching Serena play in her heyday. And that's, you know, like I think I told it to Todd, it's the tiger effect, right? All these young studs playing golf did it because they were five, six, seven, eight years old watching Tiger play. And then they, they end up coming back, you know, 15 years later and, and being, you know, a thorn in his side. And the same thing happened with Serena. So it's, it's tough to watch Serena get older, not have exactly what she had before and have these young kids come up and deny her this chance to set, you know, uh, history with her 24th major, but it, and it may not happen. We'll see, you know, her next chance is going to be in January in Australia. Um, but once again, there's going to be some young gun waiting for her there too, more than likely. Right. Okay. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, I really want Serena to get her 24th. Uh, my wife, Cindy is a huge tennis fan and she doesn't like Serena that much. So she was okay with Bianca winning <laughs> and rubbing in a little bit. Uh, but uh, it was it was a hell of a match. So that's her, that's her third major final where she's gotten beat, right? Third shot at twenty four, she didn't get. Yep, hmm. and she just keep getting older, right? right. There's going to be a point. Father time always wins, except if you're Tom Brady. And um, a, a and a recent mother. I mean, that's got to affect you physically, whether uh, she's, um, she's she's bouncing back, but physically, you know. and mentally, there's probably yeah. changes uh, a lot of your outlook on life. I think, right, on sure. lots of different things. Sure, so you never yeah. know. You never know. So it, it was. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't think it, it was definitely an upset. I'm not going to say that wasn't an upset, but if you watch this Bianca play, she is a bulldog and uh, tons of power, not in, not even in the least intimidated by Serena's serve, which was the thing that dominated the women's game for, you know, 18 years. Um, she serves like a, she's just amazing, right? 120, 125 mile an hour. That's not what women do. And yeah. she, she does it regularly. And, and, and uh, Bianca didn't care. She would stand a couple steps outside the line and return it. So it was very impressive. But let me ask you a question. Last week, last year, when Serena lost to Osaka in the finals, uh, very you know talked about fans yeah. were all kind of cheering for Serena. It was kind of a bad taste. Was the crowd very Serena pro pro Serena, or was it a no? I, a different <laughs> atmosphere. Handful of Canadians rooting for Bianca. Everyone's rooting for Serena, especially in New York. That's her town. Uh, I mean, she grew up in LA, but but the Open's a big spot for her. She's I can't remember the number of, of Opens. Might be seven, six or seven. So they they were huge, uh, huge support for her. Just like you know tonight, there was huge support for Rafa. So, um, but but it just wasn't enough to you know get her in that third set. Yeah, and, and talk quickly about Rafa Nadal yeah. winning his nineteenth. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, the kid he's playing, uh, Daniil Medvedev, another um, lower rank player. I shouldn't say lower, but, he, you know, uh, worked his way up to the ranks, had a really good year this year to get to where he was. So he didn't even qualify for the U.S. Open last year. I mean, that, think about that. He's never played a five-set match ever because <laughs> he's wow. never – yeah, ever. So um, he's either lost in a major or won in a major in, in, le- in four or less sets. So – uh, big deal for him to to be in this match. Uh, Nadal, it was a really well contested match. First two sets, Nadal took relatively easily, um, you know, with a little bit of work. And then in the third set, Rafa gets a quick break. He's up to love and gives the break right back and ends up losing uh, seven five in the third. Goes to a fourth set. He ends up losing that set as well. So they're going to a fifth and uh, and just a 
you you know a lot of I think you got to watch a little bit with me uh, towards the end there. And mm-hmm. Medvedev um, was tiring for sure. Rafa mm-hmm. is a beast when it comes to his fitness and the five setters. And he's been in one match he was in was five hours and fifty six minutes. Right, so it doesn't uh, affect him. But Medvedev, I'm going to say the same thing I said about Bianca. He's a guy who grew up watching Nadal. Right, mm-hmm. he's he's 23 years old, so a 10 or 12 year old Daniil is watching a 20 or 22 year old Nadal dominate the tennis uh, with Roger, and decides uh, I'm going to play like him, and he does. He looked like it was he, he was it looked like Nadal was playing himself um, mm-hmm. with the way those guys hit it back and forth, and so um, hats off to, to 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 Rafa. That's number 19. That means the last three years. All four, all twelve majors were won by either Rafa, Roger, or the Joker. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, they have fifty-one of the last fifty-nine majors won by those three guys. It's that's an amazing. unbelievable think era. Think about that. Yeah, that's just crazy, right? That's crazy. So, anyways, wonderful U.S. Tennis done, done, done till till Australia. Yep, tennis is done. Golf is kind of quiet. You know, Todd, our fact check boy, six U.S. Opens for Serena. Yeah, yep. there you go. So. Um, Quickly, as we as we segue over to NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, nothing's changed in the division leaders. However, American League now a wild card: Tampa Bay and Oakland, with Cleveland a game and a half back. So the Tribe's got to figure something out the next uh, next week and a half. Yeah. Uh, Bill, you got a chance to drop into the Trop for a game. You got to see some some legends, uh, kids play. Yeah, it's so fun to see uh, at second, third, and second, short, and third, right? You've, at second base, it's Kevin um, Biggio, and then uh, it's Bo Bichette at short, and then Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third. I mean, and they hit one, two, and four in the order. So what a great you know infield that the the Blue Jays have going forward. Now I don't know if they're they're not going to approach their dads, but um, but still to see those three kids there, it was great with with a first baseman named Rowdy Telez. I have no idea who this guy is. He's just kind of a big hulking six four heavy dude that plays first base. Um, but the three guys around the corner and up the middle, it was really a lot of fun. So I had a great, I just walked up there on a whim to, to see these guys play. It was great. Good. Shay, you're, you're and Todd's Braves uh, still looking good, uh, playing well. And uh, do you, do you ever gamble on baseball and baseball is kind of a weird sport to gamble on? Over, over under is easy to gamble on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean, what, Sean, what are you talking about? It's like the Yankees over 11 tonight and they hit it in the first five innings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. in Boston, right? Are they whooping them? Yeah. 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 And awesome. the over, Shay, you'll agree. Well, the, the ball being juiced has affected the over under line. Uh, not only are more homers flying, but yeah. I remember years ago just looking at it casually because I would never actually place a bet. But it used to be like seven, eight, and now. You know, nine is a little over under. It's, it's funny how that works. Oh, I like how the, tonight the Astros put three touchdowns up on the Mariners mm. 21 to 1. Wow. Ooh. There had to be some some position players pitching in that game, I'm sure. <laughs> Yikes. The Astros yeah. beat the Mariners 21 to 1 and Tw- the over under was 9. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yikes. That's All right, well, let's talk 100th season of the National Football League. Let's go chronologically. Let's go chronologically. I believe on Thursday we saw what will hopefully be the worst football game of the season. Um, that was just a a snoozer and I feel bad for those fans in Chicago that were so excited about uh, what they, what they were get, getting ready to see. That was a dud of a game. Congratulations to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, not much else to talk about in that game. Was there? No. 10, 10, 3, 
10 3. Yeah. yeah. And then before the games happened on Friday, uh, Antonio Brown and his GM have a little discussion. Uh, hmm. and then Antonio Brown and his coach have a phone call, which was recorded by one party without the consent of the other party. That's okay. As long as one of them knows it's being recorded. It's legal. Yep. And then Saturday morning, all of a sudden Antonio Brown is no longer a Raider. Saturday afternoon, as probably didn't surprise anybody, Antonio Brown. 401, right? 401. He's now a a Patriot. Um, He's not playing tonight versus his former team, the Steelers. Uh, just any thoughts on the Antonio Brown saga? Does this end well? Does this end as expected? Does he cause problems in New, in New England? Or does he have an amazing season catching balls from Tom Brady opposite Josh Gordon and Edelman? It's the Patriots being the Patriots. They, uh, I think everyone had a feeling they'd pick him up if they could. Um, I mean, financially, he took a little bit of a hit. Uh, but <laughs> A little. <laughs> but the Patriots are paying him. I mean, he's getting he's getting paid not as well yeah, as he would have. Paid him. He, had, he had guaranteed thirty million if he just shut yeah, up yeah. and showed up and been there, played yeah. the first game, guaranteed thirty. Yeah, signed for fifteen, guaranteed nine. Yeah. And I think it's yeah, yeah. So um, I wonder. I, I I don't know the guy. I don't know what motivates him, but <laughs> is brain injury causing him to? Uh, why would you leave, this maybe. Why would you leave Oakland right with that situation? He is now he's in a good situation in New England. He'll, he'll get paid something, but. He left a lot of money on the table, right? Just yeah. to get out of there. Say you I blame, guys, I blame you guys. the NBA. I blame the NBA. I, I, I 100% blame the NBA. We've talked about it before. It's a very slippery slope when you have players deciding where they want to play and who they want to play with mm-hmm. and the things that they'll do to get there. Um, mm-hmm. I read an article this morning, and it was saying that New England actually made trade offers to Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown. And Pittsburgh refused to trade him to what they considered a rival. Mm-hmm. Um, and Antonio Brown really wanted to be in Pittsburgh. So he took the money in Oakland, and maybe that was just a stopgap to get to Pittsburgh. And then he realized there's no point in taking his pit stop. Why don't I just find a way to get to, uh, to, get to New England? Interesting. Shane, let me ask you a question. How many other teams do you think reached out to Drew Rosenhaus this morning or Saturday morning at 8 o'clock? you think every team reached out, or do you think some teams just said – I don't think it was everyone, but I I I I read that it was it was well over uh well over a dozen. Yeah. Well over a dozen. So I mean he's he's that good a player. You know, that you'll take a chance on the head case part of it, right? Was the riff Derek Carr and him not not getting along, seeing eye to eye? What was what was the real riff? Did we ever or we'll never know. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it'll come out. I don't think Antonio Brown can hold water if he wanted to. I'm sure it'll come out eventually. <laughs> oh boy. Well, let's go through some games. Um let's start in in Northeastern Ohio where the wow. expectations were high and they laid about as big of an egg as you could lay. Uh Baker Mayfield looked bad. The defense uh struggled to stop Derrick Henry. Uh just, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. had a decent game, but uh, just a flop of a game in Cleveland. Uh, the Ravens roll. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws, I think, five TD passes. Is that right? 59-10 to 10 over a dreadful, dreadful Miami team. Have you seen the news reports coming out of Miami? No. There are already players who are lining up to ask for trades. Like, there's a mutiny happening in Miami. They all want out. So, look, look it up. It's crazy. 
<laughs> so on their 53-man roster, there's 31 um, new players on that team. They, and they say that's unheard of in the NFL, right? They they have no nucleus, and, um, wow, they're, they're just miserable. You know, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but when he wins the starting job <laughs> – Eight team he scored a touchdown pass for. I mean, that's 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 incredible. But yeah, they're a mess in down in South Florida. Yeah, yeah. just did not see that coming. Uh, let's talk. Did, did you guys see the Cowboys? The Cowboys played the Giants today. Uh, NFC East each played each other. Uh, Giants uh, played the Cowboys and lost. Philly, and, and Philly played Washington and, and won. Um, did you guys see? So Zeke signs ends his holdout. Did you guys see the prank they played on the on the media and the fans there watching practice? So as the players were coming out, uh, there, there was a lot of talk in Dallas that Zeke had been down in Mexico and wasn't working out, was gaining weight, and was just getting fat. <laughs> he comes running out with his trademark shirt, you know, kind of his half shirt. And as he came running out, you know, he's doing his feed me thing, and he, he's he's massive. He, he's gained 50 pounds. And everyone, you know – oohs and ahs when they come out the media is kind of like oh holy shit he's so fat and it was an offensive lineman put on his shirt and ran out and it was and it <laughs> that was great and you guys see it bill i think i sent it to you I did. that was awesome uh, yeah so yeah. so funny but they they look pretty good uh dak prescott had a big day um threw the ball all over the field against uh you know the giants team which i think is going to be another bad bad team this year um and then one more I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll see what you guys caught your eye. Um, Bill, you talked about seeing – you talked about, you know, the, the young the young guys idolizing the, the older players yeah. and sort of passing that thing. Kind of cool moment when you saw Kyler, Kyler Murray throw a touchdown pass to Larry Fitzgerald. That mm. was cool. Very yeah. cool. And I just got to think that, that Fitzgerald's such a good dude. He's probably just – in the huddle saying, hang on, kid. You got it, man. You got it, kid. Yeah. You just know there was that. Yeah. He's got to be, what, 20 years older than Kyler? Close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, close. Pretty close. Yeah, 18. Yeah. You know, he, he's yeah. a generation older. Yep. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Kyler Murray leads the team back. They, they end up with a tie. Uh, both teams scored field goals in, in overtime. Boy, Arizona had it first and in, first in goal and couldn't get it in. Yeah. Uh, Second time in the game, they were at first and goal. And yeah. So those are the games I, I paid attention to. Bill or Todd, your thoughts? I know, uh, Todd, your Falcons and, and Bill, your Buccaneers also took it on the chin, right? Mm. Hey, real quick, Sean, they, they were talking about Larry Fitzgerald and how long he's been in the league and how you interact with players in the locker room. And he said something to the fact that he's got to send uh, Kyler Murray a text um, to, to communicate with them where, you know, years past uh, – <laughs> you have to do that. So it's it's the new generation of how to you know how to communicate if I want to do that. So I'm sure it was probably a little exaggerated, but maybe not too far from the truth. Um, Falcons looked not good against Minnesota. In all fairness, I think Minnesota probably is a pretty good good squad, but uh, Falcons limped out of the gate, and then um, the Bills looked miserable for three and a half quarters, and they end up beating the Jets um, somehow, some way, right? Uh, I don't know if either team's going to be very good, but uh, certainly a must-win for for either one of those teams. So good, to, good to see the Bills turn around and, and come back and win. Bruce Arians has a lot of work to do still with Jameis Winston. He is so <laughs> not fun to watch. Um, two, I mean, two, he, oh. he threw more touchdowns to the other team, right? Than he did yeah, two, to his own two team. pick sixes. Yeah, two uh, pick sixes, uh, and and like the last one when you're trying to drive and. Um, actually drive down to win the game you know he had a minute and 15 or minute 30 whatever it is trying to drive down and win the game 
he sets up a screen to a fullback and it gets blown up and he still just lobs the ball to where he expects him to be and directly in the hands of a DB who walks in <sighs> 20 yards for a touchdown to end the game. The final mm. to the 31 to uh, 17 final. Uh, it, it, it looked horrible. It horrible. Um, so I'll be following the Cardinals a lot this year. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was just fun watching Kyler. You know, I only got to catch the end because uh, of the setup here. Um, yeah. Being forced to watch my, look at the teams I got to watch. I get Miami and Tampa Bay every freaking weekend. It's not going to be fun in Florida. I'm going to have to go get DirecTV somehow. <laughs> yeah, or go to Fords, right? Or go to Fords, uh, yeah. Watch Jay, how about you? Were you down in the? Uh, were you in one of the sports books watching, or do you you guys get together at a local spot? Yeah, no. We um, so I'm actually staying downtown at the Downtown Grand Hotel, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they hosted an NFL kickoff party, so we were able to kind of watch all the games and, and a nice little quieter setting than the typical sports book um patrick mahomes man Is they, are they ever going to turn the video game off i don't like, know they have to right? at will oh. oh it's exciting it's fun to watch though it's really fun to watch it's definitely really fun to watch um another game to kind of hang on, hang on. T- time out let's talk about two other things that happened in that game uh on the jacksonville side nick Foles uh breaks his clavicle out indefinitely uh that's and- his collarbone bill that's his yeah collarbone. thank you thank you i was looking it up Thanks. And, okay, uh, and Miles Jack ejected from the game for punching two players. Um, oh, oh. Just, a, just not a good look. I want to bring up, just to kind of jump on that, getting tossed out, Quan Alexander, right, was a linebacker for the Bucks last year. They let him go and some rearranging of money, and the Niners picked him up, so he played against the Bucks today in Tampa Bay. So you can imagine a little bit of uh, anger. Motivation. Uh, yeah. Show some uh, motivation. Well, he and um, – uh, Jameis in one of his routine like three yard scrambles because he can't get more than about three yards when he scrambles. <laughs> he's going down in a slide and Quan comes in and just lowers the boom, crown of the helmet, helmet to helmet, just lays him out and uh, toss him from the game. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that in the pros yet where they, you know, the uh, intentional lowering of the head and he's been <laughs> disqualified from the game and he had to leave. So I, I, I'm all for that. When it was that brutal, mm-hmm. that blatant, especially on somebody going down you'd consider him defenseless. I think when he's kind of given himself up um, just maybe something to watch for, for the guys yeah. that have trouble with uh, anger management, and, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> yeah. Shane, sorry to interrupt, but I, I felt that Nick Foles, you know, that was a, a big pickup for Jacksonville. Um, I, who do they go to? I mean, who do they got? Blaine Gabbert still in the closet. Um, no, man, come on. Going. They're going, they're going with the Northwestern guy, the former Washington yeah. state quarterback. Oh, Minshew. Yeah, Minshew. Oh, yeah. Minshew. Stash, Come on, yeah. man. Legend. <laughs> Legend yeah. in, in the Duval. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So what game – what other games? Uh, Seahawks won 21-20, right, over the Bengals. Uh, mm. Yeah, that was a struggle. Uh, yeah. The good thing, though, I, I tell you, it's extremely encouraging. It was a few Seahawks fans uh, in, I watched the game with. And extremely encouraging. The Seahawks – finally look like they have an offense. They have a passing game. The Russell Wilson actually has weapons now with Tyler Lockett, DJ, uh, DJ Metcalf. Um, and the defense, it'll take time. When you put Clowning and, and Ziggy Ansah there, it'll take a minute to understand the scheme. And the defense, a Legion of Boom will be just fine. But Russell Wilson actually has receiving weapons now, and that's, that's exciting and encouraging. Hmm. Good. Good. We've got two games tomorrow night. Uh, the game going on right now as we're, as we're recording this, the Sunday night game is a just a beatdown. The Patriots uh, look really, really good against a, a, a poor-looking 
Steelers team right now. Let me give you Brady's numbers with um, <laughs> to go in the third quarter. He's 19 of 28 for 272 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, huh? You're kidding. He's 42 years old. And he's picking up a pretty good receiver next week. Uh, <laughs> Decent. Another, another person to spread the ball around to. Yeah. There, nobody works through their progressions the way Tom Brady does. Uh, no. Nope. When he drops back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I was fun to watch him on Thursday. Just the way he's so calm looking across the field and how often he hits his third or fourth guys. Um, tomorrow night we have the Raiders and the Broncos. And the Saints play the – Texans. Texans. Yep, yep. Texans, yep. Okay. All right. So yep. anything, else, uh, anything else in the NFL, guys, that you saw or want to talk about? Just nope. – Cleveland being Cleveland. Yeah, right. Well, here's the good news. It uh, looks like based on the results of tonight's game, uh, Cleveland's only a half game back to uh, one game back to Baltimore. So, uh, 16 years in a row they've lost their opening oh, game. Listen, congratulations to the Bengals on that great cover in Seattle. Right? They were nine and a half point dogs and only lost by a point. So Yeah. And as Jim, Jim Nance said it on the game today, you know, once again, there's, there's maybe part of the hype, you know, when they send the number one team of Nance and Romo, to the Cleveland Tennessee game for opening day, <laughs> kind, of, wow. kind of tells you that somebody's buying into to something there. But look, Nance said it. He says there's no bigger overreaction of NFL teams than between week one and week two. You know, either you're going to the Super Bowl or yeah. we'll never win a game. Yeah. And while there's probably not a lot of recent Super Bowl winners that have lost in week one, uh, there's probably a few that have lost in week one. So. Yeah, and and real, bad news for the just to wrap up the Bucks. They have a short week on Thursday. They go to Carolina, which to face a to face a pissed off Carolina team. So yeah, coming off a loss as well. That'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call night. Shay's got to go out on the town. When when do you get back home? I'll be back on Thursday. Oh, you're there. You're there for a while. Nice. Long trip for me. (laughs) A long strange trip. (laughs) Business. So you'll 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 catch both the uh, Monday night games. So what got you got a four four o'clock kick and a seven thirty kick, right? Yeah. Four and a seven. Different nothing, world out there. It, man. There's <laughs> nothing better than eating happy hour food and drinks and watching Monday night football. <laughs> <laughs> Monday afternoon football. Yeah, they should redo it. But look, I, I said I said to my brother, because we were talking, NFL does it right, man. A one o'clock game, if you flip it on at one o'clock, the ball's in the air. The game Going. starts at one o'clock and twelve minute half times and or twelve minute half times. Like you watch a college football game, you turn it on, it's a 7.30 start, and at 7.43 they're kicking it off, and then they're doing three interviews, and they're commercial. I mean, that, that Texas-LSU game started at 7.45, and it didn't end until 11.30-ish. I mean, it was unbelievable how long those games take. Yeah. So uh, enjoy your time out there, Shay. Let's, let's start with you. What do you got coming up this week other than a few days in, in the desert? Oh, man, I'm just in the desert. Figured I'd do, uh, I'd do desert-y things. I think I'm going to go and uh... – Go hike, uh, go go out to Red Rock, and maybe I'll hike Red Rock and just kind of get away from the, the the hustle and bustle and glitz and glam of the Strip, and just kind of uh, enjoy the fact that Vegas is becoming a city now. It's not just a street anymore, you know. With the Raiders coming to town and the Golden Knights here, head down to Summerlin a little bit. It's uh, it's got a city feel to it. Gone out to Henderson at all, or checked out Hoover Dam? You got to do it. You got to do the dam tour. I may check it out. I may check it out. I may check it out. Yeah. We'll see. If you got time. It's not, much, it's not much on the dam for me, but we'll see. <laughs> but are, you, are you there with buddies or some guys in town that you hang out with? Yeah, I got some guys coming into town uh, Tuesday. Okay, so. cool. Cool. 
And how about you, Todd? What do you got coming up on the schedule? Uh, it's just a, uh, a looking forward to the work week. Um, got to, got to close some jobs, got a lot of, uh, big jobs out there that are threatening to be closed. So, um, just got to, uh, press the flesh and, uh, follow up on, on some, on some, some major projects uh, and finish here strong. We're, we're doing well in 2019. Um, the last quarter is, is coming up upon us and, uh, looking forward to close strong. So, Looking forward to good work week and um, just have to, I mentioned it on the kickoff, but uh, dad's 83 today. So I want to give a shout out to, uh, to uh, Leapin' Lee, 83. Yeah. And uh, awesome. Um, Happy for him. I hope he had a good day and uh, I think I'm going to see him in November. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Looks like I got a a response from Leapin' Lee. I left him a message for his birthday. So he's probably out, out, I said uh, he's either at, din- at dinner or, or taking tango lessons with Jumpin' Joni. So <laughs> I, I think the former is a better uh, a better bet. <laughs> yes, probably. And, and Bill, a, a great episode with Wendy Forsythe last week. Uh, anxious to hear who your guest might be this week. I think I know who it is. Someone yeah. maybe from Denver. From Denver, um, yeah. This Tuesday, I'll be uh, releasing the episode with Adam Contos, who is the CEO of Remax International. Ooh. This is the top guy for Remax. You all heard of Remax, right? What? Uh, yeah. It's very interesting backstory. This guy was a SWAT team leader for a number of years with the uh, um, uh, community. Strengths, uh, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, or surgical strategic <laughs> weapons and special, tactics? Special, special weapons and tactics or whatever. Yeah. 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 He's a, uh, he's an amazing guy. He came out of the police force, law enforcement, uh, Marine reservist, and uh, caught the eye of Dave Linegar and worked his way up through the ranks. And last year was named CEO. So, Interesting guy, Sean. I think you'll love what he has to say. So you know where he's going if I say that. So yeah. and to hear that, and I even say on the podcast, it's so refreshing and such a fresh, fresh, like a breath of fresh air to hear the, a CEO of such a large company talk like this, right? About how important it is to be connected to people. So it's really cool. Very cool. Are your, are your nerves elevated when you're talking to a CEO of a major company, or are you every you treat every new about the same? Todd, I'm as nervous with them as I am with you. It's all the same. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. You know, so I'm really oh, nervous. No, I'm gotcha. really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a. You know, are you doing local work this week, or are you heading down south? No, I'm in Orlando. So I think I told you I'm branching out a little bit. So yeah. tomorrow I'm going to the first sales meeting with the Orlando team. So I'll I'll be heading out early in the morning to uh, kind of watch. Um, really, I'll present a little bit at their meeting, but I just can't wait to see the dynamic of that team, right? Because you get to learn a little bit when they're, they're all in the same room, all chatting. So I'll be in um, high observation mode, taking some notes, trying to make sure I know what's going on there. So awesome. how about you? I am uh, getting up in the morning and leaving for Michigan. I spend the week in Michigan, Michigan Association of Realtors Professional Development Series. And I'm doing three different cities, uh, Kalamazoo, hmm. home of Western Michigan, uh, Mount Pleasant, home of Central Michigan, and then Livonia outside of Detroit. So I'm doing Broncos, Broncos and Chippewas. Yes, exactly. Hey, pretty so good for us. I, I, Florida kid. I, I think when I leave tomorrow morning, I'm going to, I just have the whole day to travel up there. I need to be, you know, in Kalamazoo by Tuesday morning at nine o'clock when I go on stage. So I think I'm going to cut West through Indiana, stop at South Bend, visit the Notre Dame campus, maybe do a video there, Bill. I'm not sure. Oh, we need that for Tuesday. Yeah. A little touchdown Jesus and, and the, the stadium and, and the, the beautiful campus and then head up to Niles, Michigan and work my way 
over to Kalamazoo. Then I'm going to cut over on Tuesday, just a travel day. I might head out to Holland, Michigan, visit some breweries, maybe see Lake Michigan and get over to Mount Pleasant. And then on day. so it should be a, a fun week, but, uh, you know, four different hotels, four different nights, mm. uh, the life of a Marriott lifetime Titanium member. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So should be fun. But guys, always fun chatting with you guys. I know we had uh, some technical difficulties at the beginning. Uh, Shay, thanks for joining us while you're away in the desert on business. And, mm. uh, <laughs> and, and Todd and Bill, it's always good to talk to you guys. So on behalf of Bill, Todd, and Shay, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down.